With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the Opposition Research Podcast on HawkeyeNation.com. Welcome to the Opposition Research Podcast here on HawkeyeNation.com. My name is Andrew Downs. Each week I'll find a beat reporter, blogger, or broadcaster that covers Iowa's upcoming opponent. If you have a suggestion for who I should talk to in a given week, or if you have any questions you'd like me to ask, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew C. Downs. Let's get to this week's game. Iowa welcomes the 10th-ranked Penn State Nittany Lions, a 6:30 kick at Kinnick Stadium. Penn State has wins over Idaho, Buffalo, Pitt, Maryland, and Purdue. Iowa opened as a 2.5-point underdog. My guest today covers Penn State for StateCollege.com. His name is Ben Jones. Ben, thank you for the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I want to start by getting a feel for what Iowa fans can expect from Penn State this Saturday night. Is there a player or two on the offensive side of the ball that we should be keeping an eye out for? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're talking about Penn State's offense, K.J. Hamler is sort of where it all starts. Um, He's a receiver, speedy guy out of the slot. Um, He has the capability of taking a ball, uh, you know, sort of a short pass and turning long touchdown. It's not quite uh, Saquon Barkley-like. I don't think I have fancy to worry about that uh, sort of repeat performance from the last time that Penn State uh, was out of Kinnick. But K.J. is definitely a guy that can turn something out of nothing. Uh, you know, Sean Clifford, obviously his first year as a starting quarterback, he has done well for himself. Has only thrown two interceptions. Neither of them are of really any consequence. Um, and Penn State is still figuring out a running back rotation that's, that's four guys deep right now. Uh, it seems likely after the last few weeks that Noah Kane is going to be the guy for the carries. I think you'll probably still, still see all three or four of these guys play on Saturday. Uh, but Noah Kane is, is sort of separated himself a little bit from the pack. Um, and then you've got tight end Pat Firemuth, who has really been, uh, you know, one of the better tight ends in the Big Ten last year as a freshman. And this year he's certainly backed it up um, as well. So really those three guys and then the, the stable of running backs are really the thing the Penn State has been leaning on so far this season. How about defensively? Are, are there big playmakers or maybe position groups that Iowa fans should stay focused on? Yeah, I mean, I think you look at Penn State's defensive front, Yitor Gross-Matos at the defensive end position, you know, came in with a lot of All-American hype, came in with a lot of All-Big Ten hype. He's very talented. He probably hasn't had the production that he would like up to this point of the season, but because of how good that line is, a lot of teams in the non-conference and early in the Big Ten schedule have thrown a lot of max protect, a lot of double teams at these guys. Um, but like we saw last week when Penn State Purdue. They had 10 sacks in that game. Shaka Tony on the other side of the defensive end, or on the other end of the defensive line was great. Mustafer was good in the middle. Antonio Shelton. Uh, they just got a lot of different guys. Back up to uh, the linebacker. It's really a Cam Brown and Mike Carson show as well as Jaden Johnson. The most athletic, the most hyped of the three, but all three of them are really good. And Penn State's got a lot of linebacker depth. Jesse Lucetta will come in uh, from time to time. He's really good and athletic. And then you get to the secondary. It's a lot of different guys there. Probably the biggest name 
uh, is John Reed. He's been playing football for Penn State, I swear, for 10 years now. Um, John you know, is coming off an injury from two years ago. It was kind of rusty last season. Um, it really looks like the John Reed of old this year. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're definitely playmakers at all, that's all of these positions. But, you know, really Penn State's uh, ability to keep teams out of the end zone this year has started up front like so many good defenses do. What is the area of Iowa's team that you think Penn State will be able to exploit with the most success? Yeah, I mean, I think if you can, from what I've been able to see of Iowa, and we've had sort of unfortunate clashing of schedules between when Penn State and when Iowa are playing, but I think if you can get to the quarterback uh, and kind of, you know, get into the backfield, that's a situation that, you know, Penn State's going to be happy about. Um, you know, because this Penn State defense has managed to give up some chunk plays. They haven't given up a lot of points, but they've given up chunk plays. I think Penn State, you know, you want to get to the quarterback. You want to get into the backfield and disrupt things. Um, because it seems like that's sort of the, the best opportunity. I kept switching on uh, the Michigan game against Iowa while we were watching Penn State in person, um, and it seemed like Michigan was in the backfield every other play. That may or may not end up to have been accurate, but it, it certainly made a difference in the parts that I saw. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you're Penn State, it's really the same thing for every defense. You want to get in the backfield, you want to disrupt things. And then kind of go from there. Yeah, no, that that was certainly accurate on Saturday against Michigan, which was so uncharacteristic of an Iowa team, especially under Kirk Ferentz, to see an offensive line kind of collapse like that. And especially in that second half, I think they ended up with eight sacks on Nate Stanley, and, and Iowa just not able to adjust or do anything. And that was really the the death knell for the Hawkeyes. Uh, so so you so you nailed that in the limited time you watched that. Um, from the Penn State perspective, what's the most dangerous part of this Hawkeye team? Um, the most dangerous, I mean, I think you know that the, that what you're going to get out of Iowa, both offensively and defensively. And, you know, James Franklin said it today that that's not a, that's not a criticism. You know, Iowa has been successful because they're very good at what they do. And we saw, you know, the last time that Penn State came and played at Iowa, that you look at almost every statistical category. And a lot of this was Saquon Barkley getting the ball every play. Um, that, you know, Penn State was able to outgain Iowa in a lot of areas, able to move the ball. They couldn't get into the end zone. And I think you know when you play Iowa that you're going to see a team that's got a, a big physical defensive front. They've got good linebackers. But if you're Penn State, you know, the thing that concerns you the most about Iowa is, you know, you know that you've got the playmakers, um, but can you get the ball into their hands? Can you move the ball efficiently? Because you might be able to get one or two first downs, um, but can you get that third? Can you punch it in? Um, because for as good as Penn State's defense has been this year, Iowa, at least in terms of scoring defense, it's certainly right up there as well. Um, so for Penn State, I think it's one of those things where you go, you know, you know that you've got the talent. Uh, can you move the ball consistently? And that has been as much to do with Iowa's, you know, defense as it has to do with Penn State's own battles with inconsistency. Uh, Penn State certainly looked good, five and zero, ranked number ten right now. But they, their schedule hasn't been super daunting. D- does this feel like the biggest test thus far for the Nittany Lions? Yeah, I mean, everybody pretty much in state colleges and in, in Pennsylvania pretty much agrees that this is when you start to really find out. I think, I mean, I think it was impressive that Penn State was able to go and beat Maryland the way they did. I, I think everyone kind of expected that game to be a little closer. Um, you know, the second half that Penn State had against Buffalo was good. Um, you know, I don't think anyone puts too much stock in Idaho, and, and Pitt played a very competitive game because they have every year in this four year series. So, yeah, there, there's no doubt. You're going to learn a lot about Penn State this week because we're going to find out, is the offense really this good? Is the defense really this good? Um, and, you know, how good is Iowa? So I, I think you know, on both sides it's very much a week of self-discovery. And in a lot of ways, 
you know, the season starts now. Penn State has had Iowa's number, definitely under James Franklin they have, but the last two games between these teams have really come down to the wire. You mentioned a couple of years ago when Saquon Barkley was running all over Kinnick Stadium. It was the final play of the game that Penn State won on a touchdown. Last year, it was that goal line interception. Iowa going in for maybe the winning score, uh, throws that pick with just like three minutes to go. How does the Penn State fan, be like, so so Iowa, I think, views Penn State as this measuring stick, right? If, if Iowa can beat Penn State, it really kind of means they're, they're going Going to have a very good season, that they're in the upper echelon of the Big Ten and, and certainly have a chance to win the Big Ten West. How, how does the Penn State fan base view the Iowa program? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the nice thing about having longevity with a program is you know what you're going to get. There's not that sort of inconsistency issue or a lack of, you know, sort of year to year results. You know, when you play Iowa, that you're going to face a, a well coached team, you're going to face a good defense, you're going to face an offense that's not afraid to punch you in the mouth. And I think in particular, um, you know, going to Iowa, I think, you know, Penn State fans have got a, a good respect for good places to play and difficult places to play, you know, having one of their own. And, and I don't think I've met a Penn State fan that's gone to Iowa and left without anything but great things to say about that atmosphere. Um, so I, I think it's a testament to the program. It's a testament to the fan base because, um, you know, beating Iowa is always going to be an important part of the schedule. And I think there's no question that, when you look at Penn State's schedule and you see them playing at Iowa, um, you would have to be drinking the Kool-Aid pretty hard to think that that's going to be an easy out. Sometimes it is um, because that's the nature of things, but there's there's no doubt that when Penn State fans look at this schedule, they see playing Iowa on the road. That is a, that is a game that very much, um, especially this time of year, helps determine you know, what exactly does Penn State have this season? Well, it should be a fun night Saturday under the lights at Kinnick Stadium. I know Iowa's breaking out some uh, alternative jerseys, so, so that'll be a good time. Uh, you can follow my guest Ben Jones on Twitter, Ben underscore Jones 88, and, and find all of his coverage, statecollege.com. Ben, thank you so much for the time today. Uh, enjoy Iowa City this weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you down the line. All right, thanks for having me. All right, there it is. Ben Jones from StateCollege.com. Hopefully the Hawkeyes can regroup, find some of that Kinnick magic, and get this season back on track Saturday night. You can join Joe Schmelka and myself Thursday evenings at the Front Row and Clive from 7 to 8 for the HawkeyeNation.com radio show. Uh, come on out, have a great steak, say what's up. There's always a good crowd out there. We we really enjoy that. You can hear that on KXNO Thursdays from 7 to 8, 1460 KXNO. And you can keep up with everything Hawkeye sports right here on HawkeyeNation.com. This has been the Opposition Research Podcast. Thanks for listening. Go Hawks.